No matter what you do in life, you've got to do it with full commitment and with full passion. I love what I do. That's why I do this podcast. This is Clinical Pearls. In May of 2018, ACOG released a new committee opinion called Optimizing Postpartum Care. The weeks following birth are a critical period for a woman and her infant, setting the stage for long-term health and well-being. To optimize the health of women and infants, postpartum care should become an ongoing process rather than just a single encounter in a box that we check off that she had a postpartum visit. ACOG called the importance of this follow-up, especially in the first three months postpartum, the fourth trimester. Under the same umbrella, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine has released a special statement, which is a checklist for postpartum discharge of women with hypertensive disorders. This statement has not been in print yet, but it is released ahead of print and can be found online in the American Journal of OBGYN. This was written by the Patient Safety and Quality Committee of SMFM. So in this podcast, we're going to review and summarize why this checklist and what this checklist is for postpartum discharge of women with hypertensive disorders. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hypertensive disorders complicate 3 to 10% of pregnancies and are a leading cause of maternal morbidity and mortality. The incidence is increasing, partially attributed to rising rates of obesity and other comorbidities. Postpartum exacerbation of hypertension and preeclampsia merit particular attention. Blood pressure usually decreases within 48 hours after delivery, but then it increases again three to six days postpartum. So it's recommended that patients with hypertensive disorders monitor blood pressure at home until a visit can occur 7 to 10 days after delivery. Now a visit within 72 hours is recommended by ACOG and SMFM for women with severe hypertension. The American College of OBGYN Practice Bulletin on Gestational Hypertension and Preeclampsia notes that most women who present with postpartum eclampsia or stroke had warning symptoms for hours or days before presentation. This is why this short and immediate follow-up is so vital in this patient population. The bulletin stresses the need for increased awareness among healthcare providers about the importance of these symptoms for the empowerment of patients to seek medical attention if symptoms occur. Discharge teaching and postpartum follow-up are also emphasized in the Joint Commission's new standard for maternal safety that goes into effect January 1, 2021. Optimal care at postpartum discharge for women with hypertensive disorders requires several essential elements, including standardized education about warning symptoms, support for home blood pressure monitoring, and arrangements for problem-focused postpartum office visit within one to three weeks. 
Other elements include counseling on recurrence risk and subsequent pregnancies, use of low-dose aspirin to reduce those recurrence risks, and long-term risk of cardiovascular disease. This education also includes risk modification strategies like diet, weight loss, exercise, and smoking sensation when appropriate. These latter elements can be introduced at the time of discharge and then reinforced at the first postpartum office check. Now, I know what you're thinking. Man, here's another checklist we got to do. But you know what? They work and we can't get around them because they have proven efficacy. We use checklists in vaginal deliveries, in C-sections, in any gynecological surgery because they work. And when planning postpartum discharge, especially in these high-risk women, because of the number of elements to be addressed, there is a risk of omitting one or more of them if providers just rely upon memory to cover them. So a cognitive aid, like a checklist, can help minimize these errors of omission. So the SMFM has proposed a checklist encompassing all relevant elements for every woman with hypertensive disorders at discharge. The purpose of the checklist are to reduce variation, improve patient education, encourage follow-up, improve documentation, and enhance continuity of care before, during, and after discharge. Now, checklist items are based on the ACOG Practice Bulletin on Hypertensive Disorders, Postpartum Care, and Heart Disease. Of course, as in everything else, the checklist is just a guide. It's a sample, and it can be customized and adapted to fit the unique circumstances and needs of each facility. All right, as we get ready to wrap this up, let's come back and let's talk about some of the quality metrics that can be used to track the effectiveness of implementation of these checklists. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Once the checklist has been integrated into practice, remember this can be into a paper chart or most likely into the EMR, the implementation team should monitor compliance and follow-up. Feedback should be solicited regarding any suggested improvements to the discharge process or revisions to the checklist itself. If the checklist needs revision, then the uploaded version date should be clearly marked with older copies discarded so that there's no room for confusion. Quality indicators can help to evaluate whether the form is being used effectively and correctly. Some potential indicators are the percentage of women with hypertensive disorders who have documentation of the following. First, at least one blood pressure check at 7 to 10 days postpartum. And in women who have severe blood pressure elevations, they should have documentation of blood pressure follow-up in 72 hours. All women should have a postpartum office visit within three weeks after delivery. There should also be a place to document counseling regarding future cardiovascular risk and counseling regarding low-dose aspirin use in future pregnancy. Now, this is a good place to kind of stop and remind everyone that there's actually two philosophical camps about the use of low-dose aspirin in pregnancy. The first is following a risk-based model for implementation of low-dose aspirin use. And the other is for universal use in everyone because aspirin is relatively low risk and has a potential benefit for everyone. Now, I'm kind of in the universal use camp, but I realize that there is value for the risk-based algorithm. 
I've said it before, medicine moves real fast, and so do the guidelines. So I'm thankful to cover this published ahead of print release by the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine called their Special Statement which is a checklist for postpartum discharge for women with hypertensive disorders from the Patient Safety and Quality Committee. We're thankful to have you with us as part of our podcast family. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.